here on the couch with us now is uh, Charlie Davies, of course, uh, MLS player and top soccer analyst out there. Thank you for making the hike up here. We appreciate it. Good to see you. Yeah, How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm fantastic. Uh, you have a very unique story from your playing days yes. and uh, – you know, cancer has touched you as well. Kind of walk us through what you have gone through since 2016. Yes, uh, I was playing for the New England Revolution. And, um, you know, I, I think I found the best version of myself as a player. And uh, next thing I know, my wife uh, had to deliver our twin boys three months early. And so as an athlete who needs to sleep right and eat right to recover, uh, that, that just was not possible. You could not focus on on playing because there were so many things that are, are important um, and, and outside of sports. So that led to me pulling my groin muscle in a game. Uh, our trainer at the time, Evan Allen, was like, hey, let's get a scan. Let's see how, see how bad it is. Typically, we don't always get scans when, when we pull a muscle. So I, we get the scan and then uh, he has me come in the next day for treatment, which I, I found uh, weird uh, because he was like, oh, let's get a let's come in for a massage. And I was like, I just I just pulled my groin. I don't think I, yeah. I need to do anything. And then that's when he told me um, a tumor popped up on the on the scan on my on the opposite groin. And so um, I went to get a, a an ultrasound to see if it was something that they need to really check. And and they told me that it was serious and, and it looked like it looked like um, cancer. And so that's when I was directed to wow. um, Dana Farber and uh, well, first uh, to, to Mass General um, to get a biopsy. And it came back as a liposarcoma cancer, which is a very rare cancer in a very rare spot. And that's when I was directed by a family friend um, to, to go to Dana Farber because that's that's the best in the business when it comes to sarcoma cancer. So had you not gotten hurt? Would this have gone undetected for a little while, you think? or what? what? Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, Dr. Wagner, who I, who I see at, at Dana-Farber, told me that had this not happened, I probably would not have um, detected this tumor until it had probably spread throughout my bro- body. So um, it's it's one of those things that everything happens for a reason. I'm wow. a firm believer. For, so. Firm and it, believer. And it, but also the groin you pull, right? It was your other groin? The other groin. And, wow. And when I went in for the MRI, so – we get down further down the line, and Dr. Wagner says, hey, you got to go do a full-body MRI because typically this, this tumor, this type of cancer, is not found in this region. It's usually on your spine, and so I'm freaking out. And my legs are in my spine, and so I'm in the MRI machine, and I'm looking at the tech, and then I see two people, three people, four people, and they're all pointing at the screen, and I'm like, I am done for. Yeah, this is all sign. over my body. Yeah. It's a Friday afternoon. I'm like, I'm going to have to spend the whole weekend thinking about where this cancer is in my body. We get in the car, and the, the phone rings, and I'm like, this is it. He's going to tell me, I'm so sorry. we got to get you in, or we got to do something. And he goes, I just wanted to let you know that you, we found the only spot. And I, I didn't want you to stress over the weekend. And I said, wait, but I saw a million texts. In the, and he goes, it's because they were talking about your groin pull that there was, it was, it was so. <laughs> they were more impressed by that. Like, Take a look at this. It, they were, the they were just, they yeah. were mesmerized by, wow. by the pull. And so this is also coming at a time, like you said, you're a new dad. Yes. So what is it like in, with your family and community, like all that communication? Because that's a lot going on. Well, but twins on top of yeah, it. Yeah. What was so difficult about the situation was that my wife was also treated at, at the Jimmy Fund, um, by the Jimmy Fund when she had cancer uh, in, in seventh grade, and she never talked about it. It was, it, it was something that we never really went into. And so to tell her over the phone that I have cancer, 
I didn't want to reopen those wounds. And she had just told me that she was breastfeeding for the first time in the NICU. So there was all this excitement around. The kids are, are thriving in the NICU. It looks like we'll be able to take them home in a month. And all of a sudden, I have to tell her, oh, by the way, I have cancer. And, I, and at, the, at the time, I was thinking that means death, right? So, Wow. Uh, by the way, how did your kids turn? They're, they're okay? They're, they're thriving. The NICU, uh, they're good, right? They're, they're going into first grade uh, in a couple of weeks. They're thriving. They play all these sports. We got them playing golf, tennis, soccer, flag football, baseball. I mean, they're yeah, doing it all. You know what that is? That's smart parents. <laughs> that keeping them busy and yes. tiring them out. <laughs> yeah, that too. That too. Well, what was the response from the Revs? Because, again, guys get hurt all the time, but not often yes. do you have a teammate go down and then get diagnosed with cancer. I think what really um, shook me to the core and, and, and I think validated the reason why I, I'm a big believer of um, – the crafts in, in particular is because Robert and Jonathan were the first two people to call me wow. and say, whatever you need, we will support you. We're behind you. Amongst the, the many uh, teammates who, who are like, hey, we're by your side. We're going to ride, ride or die with you. Um, so the community rallied around me, um, my teammates, and, and obviously when ownership takes the time to, to say that they're going to support you and stand by you, that, that meant a lot. And people who can pick up the phone and get connected to people to help you pretty quickly if you ever needed it. Yes. I think it's the other thing, too, is that, you know, for people who are owners of those sports teams, you might hear them, hey, we're there to support you. But when they have the ability, like, you know, there's the whole line of, hey, uh, get somebody to pick up the phone on the other end. Those are guys that are getting their calls answered. 100%. Uh, so how are you now? I, I, I make the most of every single day. So I am, I am happy. I have a beautiful family. I have a healthy family, which is obviously most important. But uh, what I do every day is uh, I serve the community. I work for um, the Quinn Impact Fund, so I'm the director there. Uh, the Edgerleys, Paul and Sandy Edgerly, created this, this private social club called the Quinn House on Calm Ave. I run the philanthropic arm. So all I do, I spend my time helping people, finding different nonprofit organizations. We just gave $10,000 actually to Dana-Farber um, so for the Pan Mass Challenge. I I just want to help people. I live my life to help people. Um, and on the side, I call games for the New England Revolution. Yep. I, I'm with Major League Soccer. I do all their digital content and, and with CBS. So awesome. I, I stay busy. So I one Charlie story I got for you. So he went to Brooks School, which is in <laughs> yeah. the same league as St. Paul's. So okay. I, didn't, I didn't play soccer, obviously, but Charlie very much did. And I remember talking to some of my friends on the team when, uh, you know, Brooks beat them. And they're like, yeah, they have one kid on the team that's not fair. That's what they're saying, how they refer to it. Yeah, they got one kid on the team that's just like, you know, he is the team and he kind of dominates. So that's what happens when you're playing against a pro player in, in high school. That's what sort of happens. It, it was an amazing experience. <laughs> Brooks changed my life. I mean, really- I, I, I owe everything to Brooks. They opened so many doors for me, kind of gave me perspective. Yeah. I grew there as a, as a human being, as a person, more than I did as an athlete. So let's talk a little bit about the Revs. Eight mm-hmm. games remaining in the regular season. Yes. Which I think will take, what, three months to play or something like that? <laughs> no, no. Right, right now they're, it's, it's, so like, we're it's boom, go boom, time boom. because it the is. World Cup is, is in the winter. Oh, so that's right. They forced uh, the season to be compressed. Uh, so uh, I know there's fight for playoff spots. Absolutely. Just uh, where are the Revs at for those that maybe either haven't been following or have just been mesmerized with something else this summer? The Revs have had a bumpy season. 
to put it politely. A lot of players getting injured. Um, you have Matt Turner, who is a stellar goalkeeper, who gets bought to go to, to Arsenal. Tejan Buchanan, who was amazing last year, who's come on the scene as a Canadian international and playing in the World Cup uh, this, this winter. So you have those par- players leaving. You have some players coming in. And then those players getting injured. So you've had key players getting injured. With that being said, it looks like they're finally starting to, to get back on the pitch. It's all about timing when it comes to playoffs, mm-hmm. getting into a rhythm. So I think this team has a lot to look forward to heading into the postseason, although it's not going to be easy. Yeah. It's, it's never easy. What's the state of Team USA soccer? Because I feel like over the last 20 years there's been highs and lows. There's mm-hmm. been times like, oh, they might even get to the, the knockout stage of the World Cup, or the next thing you know they're not qualifying for the World Cup. Right. So wh- where are they at right now? Well, you got to think. They did not qualify for the World Cup in 2018. They hit the restart button. They brought in a coach, Greg Berhalter, who never had coached a, a national team before. It's a new experience. And then they said, we're just going to go with youth. Mm. The goal was just get to the World Cup. But along the way, you know, fans – no, we want to win. we got to be the best. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, it was up, ups and downs. But at the end, I think everyone's really optimistic okay. about the World Cup right now. There's a lot of players. You look at Leeds United right now. It's like Team USA in the English Premier League. If, if there's ever a team to support, it's that team. You have a coach, Jesse Marsh, and then Tyler Adams and, and, and Brent Aronson are two American players, young, who are killing it. So far, killing it. So the optimism okay. is super high. Good. What would be a good performance for the U.S. in the World Cup? Like, what is reasonable? Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, it's all oh my God, you got to win. So, okay, if you get that out of your mindset and you look at it realistically, yes. what would be a finish that Team USA could be proud of? Finishing number two in the group with England, Wales, and Iran. So you beat Iran, it's, mm-hmm. and, and that's not a given, right? right. You beat Wales. That should be the expectation. In England, the expectation is you lose. They're, they're a favorite to win the World Cup. Mm-hmm. You could shock England because maybe they take you lightly. You have players who are, are really coming into the, to their own right now. But ultimately, the realistic goal is getting out of the group. Uh, you mentioned Matt Turner, and he's at Arsenal. Is yes. he going to be the number one goalie? Right now, it's a, it's a two-horse race. It's Zach Steffen, who's playing now every week at Middlesbrough, and I think – you know, he's coming from Manchester City, the, one of the biggest clubs in the world. The idea was, I'm going to go on loan so I can play, and now I'm going to cement myself as the number one. Where Matt Turner's at Arsenal, but he's not playing. But Matt Turner's Matt Turner. Right, yeah. Right. So I think it's going to come down to the camp, and it's going to come down to the performances that Matt Turner does get with Arsenal, that he makes the most of it. If he's impressing and playing well, there's a good shot that he could be the number one. So the MLS season will be wrapped up. Yes. Stemmed beginning to end before the World Cup? Yes. Okay. In, right. in early November, it's done. That's done. the MLS Cup. And then, how, how odd is that for those guys? Or, or because it's a World Cup year, they're all off to go play wherever. Yeah, it's odd, no doubt. But you have the World Cup in front of you. For any American, uh, any Canadian, any Mexican, you're super excited about going to, to – or Costa Rican. You're super excited to go to Qatar and support your team. And for the players, you're looking forward to this. This is – this is what you play. This is why you play the game. Right. Your whole lives right. have been built up to this moment. So um, I'm excited. I, I can't wait for it. I'm, I'm ready to support these guys. Okay. Good. Now I know that on our show we will make some picks and stuff like that. But when it comes to soccer, no idea. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a team that is maybe a little bit off the radar for the World Cup? That if we were to potential with sports gambling coming to Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. if we were to keep an eye on a team Mm -hmm. that might give us a little value, who who does Charlie Davies recommend? I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, 
if I had to go with a team that's a little bit off the radar who could surprise some some somebody, it would be Canada. Canada. So they're Canada. in Canada. The, they're really? in the, they're, ready? Ready? Expect that. Listen to this. They're, so they're in the group of death. Yeah. They're in the toughest group, in my opinion, in the World Cup. You got Belgium. You got Croatia, who were who were finalists in the last World Cup. Okay. And then you have Morocco. This Canadian team has some really standout players who are playing with an edge. This, this group has really come together. I think they could surprise a lot of people in this tournament. Interesting. As well as the Americans. Yeah, I think okay. they could surprise people in this in this a tournament. Big North America World Cup. Well, I ran. I, I, I pulled up the sports Rhode Island. Yeah, odds oh, I'm already Canada. looking. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking right. at I bet you Canada's odds are, are fantastic yeah, for you. Yeah, I'm looking at right. the – uh, what is the group <laughs> of death? There, he that, says he's got it's, uh, it's, Belgium. It's Belgium, Croatia, Canada, Morocco. Right, that Belgium. is the group of death. Oh, there it is. Canada to win their group plus 1,200. There yeah, we they don't go. need to win the group. They don't need to win the group. Just to get win the out. Whole thing. Just, Just get, get out. out. Top All right. Two. So top two. So there's group qualifying in futures. So I'll start All right, digging. We'll, we'll start now we know that. Canada. Very yes. good. Hey yeah. Charlie, thank you. We of appreciate course. it. Thank you for sharing your story as thank well. Thank you for having story. me. Yeah. We we appreciate it. If you have not donated, now is the time. You can text K Cancer to two zero two 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 to give twenty five dollars via text or call eight seven 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 three eight one two three four.